Hey, my lovely ladies, before the show starts, I'm looking for some more six and seven figure female founders and CEOs to interview. So please go to www.twwguest.com to apply. In today's episode, we're interviewing Sarah Jones. She is a consciousness, authentic, and women in leadership coach, a speaker, and an author. Sarah founded her successful coaching business to help people find purpose, meaning, and direction in their lives and careers. Today, she's taking us behind the scenes of her three keys to not just surviving, but flourishing in the highs and lows of our business. Should be a really excellent episode. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Jackie. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, great to have you here. Well, I I always just love to dive right in. Let's hear about these three keys. Um, yeah, and it might be a bit of a surprise because they're three words that may not be the most exciting words in the universe. <laughs> but what I've definitely found, and I've had to go on that journey myself from moving from corporate life into running my own business, actually my second business, is resilience, persistence, and consistency. Because when you run your own business, hopefully you've got a very clear focus on who you want to work with, who you want to help, your expertise. And sometimes it's very easy to be supremely positive when everything's going well. But there are times in life, you know, we've just come out of a pandemic. There's lots of economic challenges. The world of work is changing like at a rate of knots. And we have to be able to adapt to that. And I find with resilience and consistency, it's about, okay, let's have those habits every day that we can align to. I'm going to spend an hour on LinkedIn every day speaking to my organic contacts or half an hour or whatever it is you do or reaching out to people. And very often, I think as human beings, we have, have a bias towards negativity. We notice when things are going wrong. It's catastrophe. It's all gone wrong. But what we don't notice is the slow coming together and culmination of that sort of resilience, the persistence and the consistency that you've been building up month after month, year after year, that culminates where you are now. And so tell us a little bit about how this has played out in your journey. Yeah, so for me, for example, I've had to be really focused. I came from a large organization, background in large organizations having lots of teams, resources, budgets. So focus has been really important. And it took me a few, uh, let's just say iterations of being really focused on the marketing that I do. And that enabled me to have that consistency of actions because it's like, okay, I can outsource some of this, but only I can do these bits in terms of webinars, meetings, um, and really working on the concept of know, like, and trust. I think particularly if you're in a B2B sector, selling your expertise, it's about relationships. I know business is about people and processes and very often the money, but it is very often about relationships. When I look back through my corporate career, my career now running my second business, it is about relationships. So being, you know, just giving out good energy to people, being persistent, being not persistent in a negative way, but consistent in what you're doing and wanting the best for other people, I think really helps because over the years, what's happened is some of the associations that I've been a member of, they're now referring me. So like, do you know what? We know Sarah. We like Sarah. She's done some work for us. Hey, you need to speak to Sarah. 
And it takes time sometimes, depending on your model and what you're selling. But in the expert field, I think it is all about relationships and, and, and building and genuinely wanting to build those connections. And as far as, you know, well, I guess I would ask is like, what makes that you think so effective? What What is it about like focusing in on one specific kind of thing and then being so consistent that, that really allows you to build those relationships? Yeah. So I think when I started early on in the coaching work that I was doing, I was trying to be all things to all men mm-hmm. and you cannot be everywhere. So now I look at what I, what I do, my expertise, my relationships. Okay. So I focus a lot on self-aware conscious leadership in the pharmaceutical, health tech, healthcare sectors. That means I can really focus on, okay, where do these groups meet? Where do I have those relationships? So for example, I belong to the Healthcare Business Women's Association and I'm now an ambassador for them. And that's great because I'm bumping into people that I used to work with and it's like, I've really missed you, you know, <laughs> as well. Yeah. You know, there's a real sense of community there and it helps you to really direct your energy and your activities. If you're trying to do everything, unless you have got a huge team behind you, then sometimes that focus really pays off and it, you, you get recommended. Oh, yep, Sarah, you know, she, I, people recommend me for work in the pharmaceutical and healthcare sector, but also with my local chamber of commerce. I'm known in the area for what I do. So that helps as well. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how, how you think, um, what, what's kind of changed that allow you to accomplish this piece or accomplish what you, where you've gotten to in your business? Mm. I think it really has been a journey because I think it's very easy to think that businesses are created overnight. Sometimes that can happen. Sometimes it takes time. And again, in the B2B sector, when you switch what you're doing, it can take time. But I think what's it has been that focus. I've had to learn focus because, again, just reflecting back on my past career and even my former business that I still do a bit of work in, I had I was working for big organisations, huge budgets, lots of agencies supporting me, a team of up to 50 people around the world. Now, that experience has been invaluable in terms of how I can understand where my clients are coming from. But that focus has really paid off in terms of if I say no to this, it doesn't mean everything's going to stop. It means I'm going to be that much more effective in what I'm doing and serve the community that I want to serve much better because I understand their pain and their problems. So I think that focus has really paid off. One of the things kind of most surprising about what you're able to do serving this community that you're currently serving, tell us a little bit about this community that you're serving and and what's kind of maybe changed or yeah what are you finding surprising yeah I, I think what I find it shouldn't be surprising but it is in terms of diversity inclusion that organizations are trying to embrace what society looks like now that's that's completely changed um women in leadership as well and I think very often, I don't like to generalize because some of those communities do have male attendees, for example, but women, I think, really benefit from having a community we like to connect and share. So I think that's been a really valuable development and having organizations that are really striving to represent different viewpoints because those are your employees, your customers, your shareholders. Um, and I think also what I've been able to do is 
adapt to what I do and realize that it's okay to talk about consciousness and how you see, see yourself holistically within the business environment. And when I started out in my former career and even starting out with the coaching work that I do, that wasn't always the case. It was all a bit, oh, it's holistic and it, it's different therapies. Whereas now what we're seeing is you are a human being with different values, different behaviors, different traits. And you're going to bring that to your personal life and your professional life. So if you improve one, you improve the other. And I think being able to marry my studies in consciousness and spirituality with the business world and being able to explore those things has been a really important development and actually a really welcome one. People are crying out for that now, that sense of purpose, that sense of meaning. Where do I fit into this world? So those are now acceptable conversations to have. So it's culminated at the right time without me needing to force it, Mm -hmm. you know, so... That's, yeah, I feel like those kinds of conversations are happening in so many different settings now, and they really allow people to just be, to be human, right? To, to not have to put on this yeah. god of, I am a corporate robot who yeah. going to, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just your account manager or your director of this or VP of that. It's that you're also a human being and that that actually is much more valuable um, when we can come from that place. Yeah, you see the whole person, you know, rather than, you know, very often I've done a lot of work in the past in internal engagement and communications, and I still do some of that with leadership communications coaching. And I very often hear people say, oh, how do we get people to do this? And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not about get, it's about attract. So forget sending all these emails out. Why don't you go onto LinkedIn, look at your employees and like what they're posting and genuinely comment as a leader, that's probably going to have far more effect, you know, so seeing them as a whole person, uh, rather than thinking, what do I get? It's about what I attract and having that mindset for attracting things and allowing things, not forcing too much on your goals, having your goals, but not forcing them, setting them, allowing them, visioning them, visualizing them, all of those techniques that really work. And so as you kind of move forward in your business, what kind of new challenges are coming up that you think um, our our female founders and our audience could relate to? Yeah, I think um, there's always going to be the, the role of females uh, and women in leadership and how they're perceived. And I think having coached a lot of, lot of women in this area uh, and males, it's like, how do I have a lot of men want to encourage female leadership and a lot of females say I want to be a really strong leader but I don't want to come across as too masculine sort of apologizing for themselves so I think that ongoing diversity and inclusion agenda I think coming out of the pandemic and um, how businesses are rearranging themselves is it going to go back to the old ways of you have to be in the office or this much more hybrid world that I've certainly been used to for 15 years so it was quite a surprise when you hear companies saying oh this new way of working, like, oh, 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 I'm glad you finally caught up. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I, I think as well, if you're running your own business, you know, we should really think about some of those big areas, like being a diverse supplier or provider of services. You know, if we're speaking to companies about these things and big companies are talking about these, these areas where they can be measured. How are we doing that in our own business? So I'm going for diverse supplier, you know, accreditation and making sure that who I work with 
I have a diverse set of suppliers working with me. And I think we need to embrace that if you're in those areas. So I think it's important that we always, I think sometimes when you run your own business, we can get in our own echo chamber mm -hmm. of coaching, of consultancy. And we need to take a big step back and go, hang on a minute. What a business is facing at the moment. And there's a lot of restructuring going on, you know, don't take things personally if people don't get back to you straight away. Because I know I never looked at LinkedIn when I was in my corporate world. I was too busy. You know? <laughs> so yes, it's those kind of things that might speak to resilience again and persistence. So yeah, there's a few challenges there. Yeah. So we asked all of our guests here at The Wealthy Woman um, about their idea of wealth. And the reason that's so important to us is that we really believe that there's no possible way that you can be wealthy without having the things that matter to us most. And so it's first about finding out what those things are, prioritizing them, and making sure that we really claim for ourselves that we're being wealthy right now, not sometime in the future. So yeah. we love to ask our guests, like, what is it in your life that makes you feel wealthiest? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky, very, very lucky. Um, I've got a nice house. I've got clients that I love working with. Um, I typically don't choose to work with people that I don't feel share my values or are not very kind. Um, wonderful friends, wonderful family. Um, I've got hobbies that I really enjoy. I'm someone that tends to make friends quite easily. So my world is always changing. I have a life that doesn't allow me to stand still. I do reflect, I take breaks, but uh, I think that's what makes me feel wealthy. I'm a very externally relationship driven person so you know we're all on the scale of introvert ambivert omnivert all the verts let's throw yeah. the verts in there <laughs> um i'm quite on the extrovert scale so being able to engage in the networks i, I really enjoy that i don't see it as work because mm -hmm. i value those relationships so those are some of the things that i really enjoy um and to your point jackie in terms of it being a, a state of mind um i think that we should stop thinking of ourselves as human doings and really remember we're human beings because so often we judge ourselves by what we turn out, what we produce, what we earn. And the money is just a reflection of our beliefs about ourselves. It's called the law of circulation and the law of prosperity. What we believe and embrace as wealth, as a mindset and prosperity, it it's not a dollar bill it's not a hitting your card on a machine it's not what's in your paypal or stripe account it's many many other things and if you get the mindset right around wealth and what that means to you then you tend to attract it so for example i belong to a mastermind and it's really spooky how every time i go to that mastermind group i get excited about it and Around about that time, I seem to win a new client or <laughs> attract a new client. Yeah. And what's that about? That's about being surrounded with a peer group that I really respect and value. So th those would be some of my reflections. I love that. And I think so often too, it's important to remember that oftentimes money is a reflection of how we were as well, right? So, so often we feel like, well, I, I, I worked on this, I'm improving this. And it's so important to remember it's, like you're seeing a reflection and it takes some time that that law of circulation and it's not just it's not just in yeah. and so so often if we just stick with it if we just go yeah 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 
little voice in my head who says, yeah, you've not done enough. I have done enough. I'm going to continue yeah. to do enough and I'm wealthy now. That's, that that's yeah. really one of the things that can, can allow you to be okay even when you're not seeing the direct quote-unquote results right that second. Yeah. And I think as human beings, um, just reflecting on something you said, that, oh, have I done enough? It's actually, I am enough. I am enough exactly as I am. There's always things we want to work on. And I've, as human beings, our brains are a little bit hardwired to negativity, okay? So we have thousands of thoughts every day, and we're not even aware that some of those are negative. That's why some of the positivity work is really important. But 84% of what we think or worry about doesn't actually happen. So we need to be mindful of that and not resist it. And I also think that as human beings, we really cling on to and notice our tragedies and disasters. Obviously, there are big ticket items in areas of life where they will be challenging, divorce, illness, etc. And there's a journey to go through that and those feelings. But sometimes we really focus on what's gone wrong and it's like oh this has gone wrong and it's like it probably hasn't gone wrong then it's probably been going wrong for a little while and you just took time to see it and you can course correct what we don't always notice is going back to that resilience persistence consistency the slow it's like um uh, i don't know cross stitch or something we can't see the pattern i don't know why i said that i've never cross stitched <laughs> of my life but we don't see the pattern straight away but it, it takes time and we see that we don't often recognize when things are, are coming together. We focus on the negative. So, yeah. 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 So on a similar note, I always like to ask, uh, what is that outside of the box or unconventional or just silly fun thing that makes you smile and kind of brings wealth into your everyday life? Yeah. I, I, I'm typically someone that finds the humor in most things. And I think if you were to ask my colleagues, what did you like about Sarah? Oh, you can hear her laughing a mile off. So <laughs> sometimes oh, you'd have to temper that in the corporate world. But anyway, it's this is going to sound really bizarre, but I've done, uh, I'll expand my mind and think outside the box. So I've done uh, courses on laughter yoga. So I'm a laughter yoga facilitator. Wow. Not just that and gibberish. One of, one of the best things you can just talk gibberish. It rewires the brain. It is so silly. And from the laughter yoga workshops that I did, I have these uh, like stress, not that stress balls, they're squidgy key rings and you yeah. press them and they do these really silly laughs. The other thing I've got, which is going to sound a bit counterintuitive, I've got a panic button on my desk. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those ones where you press and it goes, panic, panic, in a very austere British voice. <laughs> and... It just makes me laugh. It's like, hang on a minute, Sarah. It's your, it's your thinking sliding, and I just hit it, and it says paddock, paddock, and uh, and it disrupts it's that. Well, it, it's like, come on, you know, you're ridiculous. Yeah. Don't take yourself too seriously, you know. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> I love the idea of the panic button that that helps you not panic. And I want to say, yeah, it's not panicking. And I have to say, laughing yeah. is one of my greatest finds. I I do it on a regular basis. There's something it, at first it feels so crazy because you're like, I'm just yeah. laughing at this weird laughter. But once you start doing it, you're like, oh my gosh! And suddenly you're, there's just you can have a whole yeah embodiment yeah. change right your whole all your feelings can change into me five minutes yeah you know? yeah oh so, yeah it's all the dopamine all those chemicals and even 
you know, forcing a smile, looking up to the sky. There's something called skyology, believe it or not, in positive psychology, that one of the best things you can do, if you don't feel really up to doing the laughter piece, you know, when we say you look down, it's usually because when we feel down, we look down. If you lift your head, look at the sky, you're like, oh, different perspective. It really works. So yeah, all these things. All these little things that they can make. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's a big strategy and their importance, but also it's important to have the little yeah. toolbox of hacks that can help you on a, just one of those days. <laughs> well, Sarah, you have been an amazing guest today. We have learned so yeah. much from you. Um, yeah, if, if our audience has been nodding along and um, would love to get some extra support from you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, sure. So I'm on LinkedIn. So if you look up Sarah Jones Coaching, I'm on LinkedIn. And then my website is www.sarah-letterj.com. So uh, <laughs> mouthful, but that's where I am. If you just look up Sarah Jones Coaching, you'll find me. Yeah, perfect. Well, we have so appreciated you spending your time with us today. We've learned so much. Uh, so thank you again. Thanks so much, Jackie. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Hey everyone, I really hope you enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more The Wealthy Woman podcast content, make sure to subscribe and here's a way we can help you for free. If you are a six, seven or eight figure female founder and CEO, we want to see and interview you on one of our podcast shows. Head to twwguest.com. Again, that's twwguest.com. I hope to see you on our next interview. Now, at The Wealthy Woman, we help six, seven, and eight-figure female founders and CEOs to scale their business by using unconventional approaches like leading-edge science and tapping into their unique authenticity code. If that sounds good to you and you want to get some help, then we're inviting you to book a short chat with our team to see how we can best help you. Go to www.thewealthywoman.com slash chat. Again, that's www thewealthywoman.com slash chat.